Moving into the barriers, Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. Set and underway for Moody on the mic. Back for another week on Moody on the mic. It is yet another Group 1 edition because we are almost in the full swing of the Spring Carnival. I'm Roger Aldridge. Joining me as they always do, Peter Moody, Anthony Mitham, the resident Rain Man, the boss of Ladbrokes, Tom Hackett. Moods coming in hot in the sand down treble. Uh, makes me wonder... A, why we didn't do this podcast last night, because we might have got a bit of mail. But also, B, we know it means you're going to be in a good mood. A good day for the little boutique stable today at Sandown, Rog. Uh, um, nice to get a little result for that. A couple of nice fillies and uh, and uh, good clients there uh, getting the job done. And uh, terrific to see me old mate Trumby Nolan punch a couple of home. And uh, no, we're, uh, he's riding well. The horses are racing well. Uh, teams uh, doing a great job at home behind the scenes. So, uh, you know, testing time's coming up. Uh, Maccabi Stakes Day, uh, Craig Lee Stakes Day. The purists probably consider this the traditional start of the spring carnival, I suppose. Um, I know some then say it's Turnbull Stakes Day in early October, but it's probably come forward a month to, to Maccabi Day, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. But before we get to the weekend moods, let's let's get to, today. Ed was a good day that could have been better because you almost pulled off the ultimate quaddy collect for a uh, a one by one by one by one, which is every punter's dream. Uh, you got three winners; they were all in the quaddy leagues, <laughs> but you fucked up league three. Yes, yeah, no, uh, Botany let the team down this afternoon and she was probably, if I was on the show last night, I would have suggested to you she was probably as good a chance as any as winning and uh, she ran last. So uh, only one short step from the penthouse to the shit house in this racing caper, but we quickly bounced back, thankfully. Timely that you would say that, Peter. Before we get to the other two, and we, and we will, there are Mitho and, and, uh, and Rayman are here, but I've just got to say, I don't hit up racing Twitter very often. Uh, it's more Rain Man's style. But um, I had a look yesterday and there was a, a few people potting I Am Caviar, the progeny of Black Caviar, who stepped out on Debut and didn't win at odds of about $1.20, $1.30. Well, before we get to Moose's thoughts on that horse, that is not the horse or the stable or the owners who decide the odds. It is the bookmakers. And if you're launching at $1.30 first starter at Moe on a Tuesday on a soft six, then... I'm not sure the problem is the price. I think the problem might be the punter. Um, that's just my piece. But uh, Moods, how did the latest progeny of Black Caviar come through his debut run? And, and where to now for him? Because uh, I know you think he has got some talent. Yeah, no, well, it was an inglorious debut by I Am Caviar yesterday at Maui. We rocked up there. The track was actually a slow seven, probably bordering on heavy. And it was just the conditions we were dealt. So I've probably got to take the wrap there. Uh, he just plain and simple didn't handle conditions. But you'd like to think uh, a promising horse might still not handle conditions and get the job done. But uh, he sat outside the leader and probably on the home turn, you couldn't have had enough on him. And then he just failed the lengthen in the ground. So, listen, he's a nice metropolitan quality horse. He'll bounce back on good ground uh, more sooner than later, I reckon. So uh, he won't be a dollar thirty next time around. He can't pick his pedigree. Uh, we certainly didn't spruik him. Uh, it was probably more media related and his pedigree related that spruiked him at a dollar thirty there. But uh, no, listen, he'll uh, he'll win his share of races. We'll have a bit of fun with him. But uh, um, you know, 
he's certainly not his mother. We're the first to admit that. And we had another cult there that we had a very good opinion of also, Lake Agawam, that started uh, not quite as short in the following race. And he ran dead set similar and failed to handle the ground. So um, life goes on. Uh, you know, poor little horse, he can't pick his pedigree and he can't pick his price, like you said. Hey, right, but it would have had the boogies dancing in the streets, right, man? It would have been the most action you've seen on a um, on a Moey Maiden on a Tuesday at the trading floor, I would have thought. Yeah, I was watching the uh, the Ludbrokes bet ticker in the lead-up to the race, Rog, and it was just the uh, bets were flowing. It looked like a Saturday, the way the bets were just rolling in late. So I think that just shows the punters miss Black Caviar. We all do. Uh, so they were just that little a little taste of uh, Black Caviar. Punters wanted to get around it. But, Moose, I've, I've got a question for you. What do you do with your horses that every single one of them seems to despise a wet track? You don't have a wet tracker in the stable. You need to send your horses to Japan, race them on some roads. They're weighed down by the nose roll. <laughs> they have really been struggling in the ground, uh, I've got to say, Raymond. I think probably in part uh, is the fact that we train significantly, particularly at Packenham on synthetic tracks. And I actually had a chat to my team this morning, Catherine, my assistant trainer, and Jeff, my manager. And, and I probably opt for the safe option throughout the winter to train most of my horses on the synthetic surface and rather than go to the races a little bit soft condition-wise then flog them around on wet ground. And they, they probably a lot of them maybe so much that they don't not handle it if they've had no exposure to it. Uh, to some degree. So that's probably something I've got to look at myself maybe next winter where I've probably got to give my horses a little bit more exposure to soft ground. But I've got a beautiful level synthetic surface that is very safe and doesn't tax the horses condition-wise. Or I belt them around on a heavy 10 on a Tuesday or a Saturday morning when they're having a gallop and risk injury and risk pulling the guts out of them, you know, it, it, it's not rocket science, but I think maybe a little more exposure in future might educate a few of them to cope with it, particularly if we're going to be confronted with wet tracks uh, up and down the eastern seaboard as we have the last season. Well, to be fair to you, Moose, I wouldn't be changing too much because the, the stable's going okay. You're ticking along okay. Yeah, no, they, they are racing well, but uh, it, it is frustrating when you line up sort of nice two nice colts yesterday and, and you get beat at Maui after you've said to Connections that you think they're nice horses, you look like a total deal. Well, man, he's used to looking like a total deal. Is Anthony Mithin, he joins us now. Uh, only joke. Moods Moods potted you for being one minute late onto, uh, onto the record and then you've had to sit there for six minutes and 30 seconds saying nothing. So um, how are you feeling? Um, how's your week been? Uh, we miss you. I don't know why the hell I'm here, to be perfectly honest. I, I, I get abused when I come online and uh, sit here for seven minutes, six seconds, listening to Moods talk about um, being the midweek king. We, we only need him to be the Saturday king, though, don't we, Mitho? Because, he had, you know, you, you had a run with him on the weekend. You've got it, it, it another runner on... Yeah, he got a, uh, he got a, I think you got a couple with him coming up this weekend. But you, oh, you, of course, you teamed up to get pounding over the line in the last of Mooney Valley on the weekend. We did, yes, yeah. I think that race was run on a Saturday, wasn't it? Pounding's race. Yeah, it was only midweek money though. 
Oh, 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 oh wow. Principal of Rosemont Stud crying poor. Get the violins out, punters. No, no, no. I wasn't. I was just making the point that it was midweek money. It was one of those races. It was like it was like those first five races in Sydney every week that no one pays any attention to because they're midways or midweights or midway meets or whatever the hell they are. And they race for half the prize money, and no one really gets interested until about two o'clock when the quaddy begins in Sydney. Do they? Is it, am I the only one that does that these days? And then by the time you you get into the rest of the days racing around the country, you've sort of forgotten that Sydney's on. It is funny you say that, though, Mito, because I was uh, our old mate Wally Dalziel. I helped him out and do a bit of write writing stories up on his winners for his website. And I put the prize money in there, and I noticed that this morning when I did the pounding thing, that I was like, "That seems low for a Saturday race." Well, that yeah, there's always one in in metropolitan Melbourne. But the point I'm making is, in Sydney, every second race seems to be sort of half prize money, midways or or high weights or high ways or whatever they call the bloody thing. Yeah, because they um, put all their prize money. They it's all eggs one basket kind of kind of rule yeah. up there. But am I the only one? Am I? I just like to ask this panel, and maybe people can interact on social media with us. But am I the only one that does that? That has no interest in those early races in Sydney. I generally wouldn't touch them. No. No. Well, they they they, they put on a race for the country horses, which I, I don't mind the the highway or whatever. I'm not sure about that midway one that they run up there. But the fact that I, I, I believe it's highway robbery to connections, like that race that Pounding won on Saturday, and we've won a few of them, and, and for, it was a benchmark 78 race, but it was the last race of the day, a nine-race program. I don't know, and I certainly don't have the figures, but I'm suggesting last race of the quaddy, last race on the Metropolitan Saturday, I would think the hold on that race uh, would have been sig- quite significant uh, in compared to some of the other races on the day, and uh, they give you half the prize money, so they're just robbing Peter to pay Paul. Really, it, it, it is well, it is wrong. Robbing Peter to pay Peter. Yeah, put the races on on a Saturday, run them for Saturday money, or don't put them on. Would be my feel. I can confirm that the last race of the Valley on Saturday would have had the biggest hold of the day. Biggest hold of the day. There you go. Not always the case, but with the on this particular Saturday at the Valley, the feature race to Fiend only had a small field. It was earlier in the day. This in this instance, the the last race was the the biggest hold. And oftentimes, you normally see the last race in Melbourne or Sydney is the second, generally the second or third biggest after the the Group One of the day. But with uh, the situation at the Valley on a Saturday, it was the number one race. And what about those races, those early races in Sydney, Ray, man? Do they, do, 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 do the patterns show that people don't get interested until the real stuff starts? No, we, we don't see that necessarily uh, on our on our figures, Mitha. I think you still, there's a lot of punters that once the, the Metro meets start, they just get, they get stuck right in. So, and especially sometimes with the highway races, you do see, you've got, we know sometimes, not necessarily this weekend actually, but in Sydney, oftentimes you do see at this time of year in these stakes races, you do see a lot of small, smaller fields. While the highway, you're at least guaranteed to get a full field with emergencies, which does help help uh, build turnover. So now we don't we don't necessarily see the the punters uh, making a late start in city. The the highway races we often do see some decent holds. The good thing was plenty of punters found pounding. He was well backed and did duly salute. And our job over the next segment is to find a winner for the punters this weekend. 
Next up, we have a mate dedication from Tim to Andy. Andy, I'll never forget the day that you loaned me that slick tie so I could get into the members. Sorry, I lost a champ. Sounds like a legend. Lab break it together this spring carnival with Mates Mode. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. T's and C's apply and available on website. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858. All righty, let's head to Sydney for our first look tonight and uh, the run to the rose. Obviously, the run to the golden rose in a couple of weeks, Rayman. What's the market looking like in this one? Yes, it's a very open edition of the Golden Rose this year, and that means that the Run to the Rose is a, a very open race. Don't normally, you're not used to seeing such a big field here in the Run to the Rose, but Best of Bordeaux, who was beaten as a short price favourite first up, is the favourite at three dollars sixty. Natuno for Coney Golan's been well back six fifty to five dollars. Godolphin have a great record in this race. They've got in secret five dollars fifty. Fireburn, the Golden Slipper winner, resumes six dollars. The Jardin resumes eight dollars fifty. Swiss Exile. Third, first up is $9. It's a, a very deep race, and it's a, a very tricky race. I think we've said it a few weeks in a row now. These three-year-old, early season of three-year-old races are proving a very tricky affairs because the two-year-old form was all on heavy tracks. We've got our horses coming back. The new form is sort of stepping up, but not really. And uh, Best of Bordeaux was, I think, disappointing first up. Did have some excuses, but... I think it was a pretty disappointing effort in the San Domenico. And I'm no, I certainly don't uh, pretend to be a, a mounting yard expert or a, even looking at a horse. I, I, I leave that sort of thing to moods. But Festival of Bordeaux does look like a very small horse, doesn't look to have filled out from its two year old year. And I think you can get away with that as a two year old, but he certainly hasn't developed into the sort of uh, strapping three year old you'd like to see. So I'm a little bit hesitant to back him again after being very keen first up in the San Domenico. A lot of question marks about Fireburn. She was clearly the standout two-year-old, but she did it all on heavy tracks. And we know that historically in recent times, the Golden Slipper winner just has an awful record. Uh, she will reigns the only one since Piero that's won another race. To be fair, that was trained by uh, Gary Portelli as well, who is the trainer of Fireburn. So maybe he can pull it off again. But in recent times, if you'd been laying the Golden Slipper winner first up in their next campaign, you'd be uh, up, a, up a fortune. In Secret has uh, has looked pretty good for Godolphin, was beaten in the Silver Shadow, but it was a credible effort there. So uh, for me, this is a, a no-bet race. I don't like to throw the pineapple up very often, but I'm doing it here. But it's a big watch on a number of these horses because – we generally we, we will see a horse emerge in this run to the roads and stamp themselves as uh, probably the horse to beat in the Golden Rose. But uh, for me, this looks like a, a bit of a raffle. And of all the three-year-olds, the one that's impressed me most thus far is Jackano. Uh, that's my selection for the Golden Rose at the moment. And I, and I want to see one of these other horses in the run to the rows step up and say, I'm here and uh, the horse to beat in the Golden Rose. I am absolutely stunned that Rayman's spoken for three and a half minutes and not given a tip. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting race, but it's just a tricky race. No, I agree. I, I found all the races that you threw out as the ones we're going to preview this week quite tricky. You mentioned about the Golden Slipper curse. The Golden Slipper winners, like you say, they don't generally go well after that win. Um, Fireburn's already defied that with that victory uh, next start in the Sires, uh, narrowly beaten long, long odds on at Champagne at the end of a really long preparation. I think in her career, she's barely put a hoof wrong, but... We do need to see it. But I figure in a race like this that seems incredibly open, um, why not her? Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Fireburn at, uh, at about $6, I think we're getting for Fireburn, as you mentioned, 650 into sixes. So I'm going to go with Fireburn in this one. 
But don't pot small horses, though, Ray, man. Miracles of Life, one of my all-time favourites. Pocket Rocket. She was pretty good, uh, Miracles of Life. But, um, oh, look, Fireburn, the problem with Fireburn is its trials have been shit house, and uh, you get no lead on whether or not the horses come back because uh, if, if we – to trust Gary Portelli, and there's no reason not to, um, Fireburn – that that's what Fireburn does. Um, saves it for Match Day, and and we won't get to see Match Day until it's uh, it's too late for us punters after they jump. But um, this is a this is an all chips in bet race for me. Um, this is in this you must is be a shameless se- award. No, no, no. This is in secret until your nose bleeds. It's the it's the horse you're actually betting on on fact here. It was absolutely spectacular. I thought first up. Um, and wasn't ready, as our little mate at uh, Godolphin told us the week before that race. Um, she's one of the fillies, one of the, one of, forget the fillies, one of the fillies, the Colts, the Geldings, the Entires, the, uh, the lot from Godolphin that they've, uh, that they've just put a little tag on to, to watch all the way through the spring. Um, you're betting, what are you betting? Six bucks, Ray Man. Yep, six dollars at the moment, Mitho. This is just a fill your boots each way job and get on now because I reckon it starts three fifty. How can how can you how can you how can you have best of Bordeaux? How how can you possibly have best of Bordeaux? We all sat here after its first up run and said, mm, "Geez, best of Bordeaux." They've left it in the bag there, haven't they? And and suddenly it's gone up favourite. Market's mad here, Pete. Market is mad. Well, you've got all chips in, but each way hope in secret. So you're hedging your bets. <laughs> we're having all chips in, or we're betting each way. What are we doing? I'm all, well. I, well, I'm all chips in each way. If you're going to bet me six bucks, that's what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Listen. Interesting race. Um, I, I was with Best of Bordeaux first up, and he was playing. He's a fast horse. What do we do with fast horses, team? We let him run fast. Well, I wonder if J-Mac's going to let the bastard run fast this time. Uh, you know, that's plain and simple. He's a fast horse. He's a fast horse, J-Mac. We've been down this road before. Let him run fast, J-Mac, for Christ's sake. And I'm very, very surprised in our own Rain Man. Political debate. Second in the world's greatest form race, the J.J. Atkins. And didn't rate a mention. Political debate. He's probably the horse that creates the interest from me. He is in the right stable, even though he didn't win that J.J. Atkins. The Chris Wallace stable just turns them out year after year after year out of that J.J. Atkins. So I'm thinking, J-Mac, let's best of Bordeaux run, run, run. He'll get somewhere back to his best and political debate will storm late. There'll probably only be a cigarette paper between them and I'm not sure which way they'll go, but... Put the one and the eight in for the Quinella. This is unprecedented in the history of Moody on the mic. Nothing any of the other three have ever said has convinced me to have a bet, but I'm doing it. I'm with you now, Moods. I'm backing political debate. Get The pineapple's gone. I'm on political debate. But that is only because he referenced your um, little spiel from the Joe Jack. And so technically, he's given you a pump up, which obviously prompts you uh, to have a bet. So, And I'm not going to lie, um, he's just about talked me into it as well. $18, Rog. $18. We might as well have a good By the way, I'm about to hang up because I am just about sick of the Peter Moody love fest going on right now. I well, what about the Quinella? You wanted, sick of it. You wanted in secret each way, so we'll take political debate uh, to win. We'll take um, Best of Bordeaux second. 
and we'll take uh, In Secret to run the place third, given that you said it was basically an each-way special. I uh, think this does actually, you know, is a nice callback to last week where I have not seen as much social media traction as we did last week. People lauding the spray that Moods gave me though about being a sookie fuck. And is he living up to that tonight? Wowee. So, um, let's move on now. I'm taking my bat and ball and going home. Uh, it's the, love just in, like the, love in, the love in from yeah. you two is embarrassing. The pump up. He gets he gets three winners at Sandown off you know mm. on a Wednesday and suddenly he's the mm. world's best trainer. Gee whiz. Second best, second best in the world. What about next year is the world's best trainer? Yeah. Second best training, come on. Be, training away. benchmark seventy eight winners on a Saturday worth half the prize money. Yeah, he's a superstar. What a hero. You're my hero, Peter. You're my hero. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. Let's move on now to the Theo Marks, another group two in Sydney. I think there's about three of them on Saturday. Our old mate, Kementari's going around here, Rayman. I might not actually back in this week. Uh, how is the marker looking in this one? Mr. Mozart has opened the favourite. Been a little easy early, 3.30 out to 3.60. Early support for Ellsberg into $3.80. Jamea's there at $8.50. Double figures the rest, including Kementari here at $12.00. Uh, I want to back two here at a bit of a price, and they're two of my favourite, two, literally two of my favourite horses here go around in the Theo Marks, and I think they're both at a nice price. Jamea at eight fifty, she was enormous first up in the Toy Show. Uh, she got too far back; it was an outstanding ride on Zapateo. The race was uh, pretty much all over at the three hundred metre mark, but Jamea's run some of the the fastest closing sectionals of the meeting. Uh, to finish second there, and uh, she'll relish to step up to 1,300 metres. She will get back, so that's her pattern, but she won't have to get as far back here from barrier four with Tommy Berry in the saddle. And she's got a serious turn of foot, Jamea, so I'm very keen to have something on her here at the $8.50. And Kementari at $12 is uh, value once again. We saw what he did first up uh, in the autumn in the hallmark where uh, Nashra Willa uh, pretty much uh, gave him a... He got, he got a bit of pain on him going up the rail. It was it was a dangerous ride, but uh, Kementari still got the job done. And if he can replicate that sort of rating first up in a hallmark, which is a, a relatively similar race to a Theo Marks, uh, he's going to go really close. And Barrier 6, Hugh Bowman, he'll get a, a really nice run here in traction here, Kementari. So I'm happy to back both uh, Jamea and Kementari for a result here. No knock on Mr. Mozart and Ellsberg, who I think both think are good horses and run, run well, but I don't think there should be a bigger difference in the price between uh, of Jamea and Kementari compared to the two favourites. I am in agreement with you in a way, Rayman, but it's not with Kementari. I thought Jamea as well. I, I think uh, the, her record second up, terrific. Uh, she's, she looks like 1300 is going to suit her right down to the ground. She's probably going to enjoy uh, that little bit of giving the ground, but not too much. And it does seem like it's going to be about that soft five, soft, soft six in Sydney this week, hopefully. But you never know with what the weather's going to like up there. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm with Jamea as well. I think uh, – I, I, I don't mind Mr. Mozart, but I just think at the price, if you can get 850 about Jamea, jump in each way. Uh, all right, so keep up. Yeah, I'm um, I'm going to bet on probably three horses at $10 or better. That's what I'm going to do. That's a very Rain Man move, so go for it. Well, I just feel like it's one of those races that's got a lot of hopes and you're going to you're going to take the unders about a race that will throw up a double-figure winner. It's I don't reckon it's much of a race. I don't like it a lot. And I'm going to back Brutality to win. I'm also going to have something on 
sorry, as I look down the list, I'm going to have something on Colding and I'll have something on Kementari. So sorry to give you three there, but Kementari, Colding, and I, I like Brutality a bit. I, that might be my bigger bet of the three. Brutality is the biggest price, $41. Colding, $18. Kementari, $12. Yeah. Mytho's rained on my parade there a little bit because I actually found brutality in this race also. Mytho failed to mention, failed to mention, fucking knob jockey that he is. It's my shame as a ward. Fuck, leave me alone. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're working beautifully here, Peter. If I don't say it, you will. 1300's probably at his lower limit. Uh, he has won at the trip. But I just thought fresh. He's had a couple of trials. Joe Pride, Reggie Bayless. Uh... He's going to get a soft run back midfield thereabouts. And I'm just looking for a closer and a left field. I think $41. I think he's pretty good odds. Fresh form's not too bad. Handles any track condition. And like you said, in an open race, why not find one with a bit of value? So I, I thought Brutality wasn't the worst here to put him in your multiples. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure about the rest. Jemaya's a good good filly. Uh, and, and, you know, and a few of these other old... Kementari, Colding and those sort of... You know, they're good, tough, honest horses on their day. Um, they don't win out of turn and they're getting older and older. So just looking at a little bit of left field mytho, I'm with you, brutality. And and I just want to go back a week. You've just called me the midweek king, the midweek king. On this fucking show last week, we had to put up for fucking 10 minutes about some bullshit thing of yours that won a maiden at Sandown last Wednesday that was related to that squib that you had that used to sit out the back. Uh, what was it called? Something blonde or some fucking thing? What was it called? Brooklyn Hustle. Brooklyn Hustle's <laughs> little sister won at Sandown last week and you were carrying on like a fucking sand boy at a grand final and you're taking the piss out of me for training midweek winners. No wonder your wife hates you. Language, Peter. Language. I didn't go too hard on the edit button last week, and the punters seemed to love it. So uh, I'll just, uh, I'll just have to. I, I might leave that one in. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe the callback that Moons has had on this episode. I feel like when he logs off, he forgets everything that we've done. But no, nah, he's got total recall on uh, last week's show. Don't worry about that. Uh, my, the first bet I ever had on a Melbourne Cup was won by Let's Elope. I didn't bet on Let's Elope. Uh, but it was on that race. Uh, and the Let's Elope is the next race we're going to look at, Rayman. And I see Rosemont's got a runner, so we'll probably have to give uh, Mitha a bit of time here. But uh, go ahead, mark it. I was one when Let's Elope won the Melbourne Cup, Rog. So uh, good to see you were getting your, your punting in nice and early. But it's uh, an interesting race, as it always is. Kiss on all four cheeks is the favourite. $4 has drawn barrier 14. Fine mascot. $4.60. I am Ben A, $6. Froxy Frieda has been $9.50 into $8. And a little early move here for La Dragon T from the Rosemont Stud team. $21 into $14 has drawn barrier 15. So uh, the, the two horses I really liked in this race have both drawn poorly. And one is Kiss on All Four Cheeks. The other is La Dragon T. Uh, Kiss on All Four Cheeks, if it had drawn barrier eight or inside, it would be my best bet of the day because I really do think that uh, it's perfectly suited here. Second up, it's got a great record, three from four. Chase home, chain of lightning last start, which, as we all know, one of the strongest form lines in the country at the moment. Uh, she really does tick all the boxes here, except for the barrier. Um, the speed map does look a, bit, a little bit ugly, 
Uh, so Mark Zara is going to need to pull out uh, one of his better rides because it's a shame because it would be legit, legitimately be my best bet if uh, she had drawn a better barrier. And then the, the other horse I liked at a, at a price is La Dragon T, who's drawn barrier 15. So I'm not sure what the plan will be with Jamie Carr. But uh, in, in its two runs in, in Adelaide, in, when it made its Australian racing debut, improved each time. Both runs were better than it, they look on the form guide. And uh, she always looked like a mare that would take good improvement from that time in Australia and be ready to really go to a new level in the spring. And I know that Mitho and the team had big plans for this this mare. And if she's done to live up to those expectations, she probably should be winning a Let's Elope. So uh, the, the barriers just made me a little bit uncertain, but still at $14 for a mare of her quality. Her international form is outstanding. I do want to have something on and hope that Jamie Carr can uh, pull off a miracle. Uh, La Dragon C has been certainly well backed. I don't know if it was Mitho or whoever opened the wallet, but 21 into 14s is a reasonable move on day one. Um, I have gone with a horse that has served me well so far. Uh, it was my best bet a couple of weeks ago and got the job done. Lady of Honor, I was told to follow her all spring. She didn't let me down last start, as I said, especially given I got the early price. The Hayes Camp are excellent at putting the horses in the right races. She's at an each-way price, third up, rock-hard fit. Um, I think at $12, I'm happy to be with her each-way, but I agree with your two, Roman, I think La Dragon Tea and, and, and also Kiss on All Four Cheeks are, are right in that mix. But I'm going to go with Lady of Honor because I, I would I was expecting her to come about six or seven dollars, and she's come up at twelve. So uh, I'll have a bit on on her. Oh, I'm with you, Rog. Uh, I'm Lady of Honor as well. Just a good barrier. Jake Noonan sticks on, knows her really well. Um, ben and JD Hayes on fire at the moment. Um, they're uh, they're really putting their hand up to say, um, you know, we're, we're the new kids on the block. Um, the old man's been there, done that, and we're we're happy to take the baton and run, um, doing a good job. So, uh, Lady of Honor for me, from like Dragon T's perspective, uh, would have preferred to see her run in the sixteen hundred last week in the Fian. Um, she is more of a staying filly. She's a she's that typical. She's European bred, but did her racing in America. But she's that typical European look to her. Real stayer, uh, light in her feet, uh, light boned. Um, you know, athletic sort of filly that I think is going to need further than the fourteen hundred. Might be a bit sharp, and she'll have to. Prob- you'd think she'll go back. They'll be a bit sharp for over fourteen hundred um, to take a position forward. So she'll go back and have a heap to- heap of work to do late. We want to see her running through the line, but uh, she's got a good deal of talent, and she has improved, Rayman, from uh, first prep to second prep in Australia. There's no doubt about that. Her coat looks amazing. You'll see it in the yard on Saturday. So she'll run a good race, but I'm not sure she can trouble a few of these speedier ones. Well, I'm surprised you didn't tell the trainers to run it in the race last week. You, you're sort of full of advice. Well, she was supposed to, Peter, but she had a little tie-up episode, so she oh. couldn't, and they looked after yeah. her and made sure that she was right mm. to go to the races. And we just yeah. left that to the trainers to make that decision. Oh, right. That's good. That's good. I'll keep that in well, mind. I'm glad oh, I'm glad you like that, yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Um, listen, Lady of Honour, she might get a soft lead again and be quite hard to beat here. Has she got the quality of some of these? And I do uh, agree with your thoughts there. Ben and J.D. Hayes, they're doing a hell of a job, these boys, uh, out of the Lindsay Park stable. They're, they're developing uh, their own routine and... Uh, um, I'm not saying they're stepping out of the shadow of the great uh, C.S. Hayes and their father, David, who have been champions before them. But, God, they're well on the road, those boys, and they're doing a hell of a job. Well, they're winning those Saturday races, aren't they? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly, and and doing a good job and winning the Saturday races with Saturday prize money, more importantly. 
So, uh, listen, I've found a couple here to keep a close eye on. I thought Flying Mascot, I thought her first up run was quite good. She's drawn to get a soft run, not too far off them. Second up record, good. Record at the trip, very good. Uh, and I would presume she's probably each way odds. Flying Mascot, Rain Man? 460. Yeah, well, just each way odds. Now, the other one is the 10, Foxy Frieda. Andrew Noblet, probably the most underrated trainer in Victoria. D. Oliver takes the ride. Two for two at the trip. Pretty good fresh record. And is two for two at the trip and track, mind you. Uh, good fresh record. D. Oliver takes the ride here. Uh, I think she's an underrated mare, this. And uh, she's another one that's probably going to get a nice run in the race. So uh, I'd be coupling them up in your multiples, the six flying mascot and the 10 Foxy Frieda in whatever you do in the race. If Lady of Honour gets it very soft in front, she'll be hard to run down. But I reckon include the other two at nice odds. Flying mascot, Foxy Frieda, either way for me. All right, let's move on to the Group 1 Maccabi Diva Stakes, a race that uh, both uh, Moods and Litho have won as owners. Uh, Rayman, take us through the market. Uh, small field here, Roach. But still an interesting betting race. I'm Thunderstruck is the favourite on the back of that excellent first up effort in the Memsey Stakes. He's $2.40. Alligator Blood was unlucky in the same race. He's $5. Cascadian made up good ground late in the Memsey. He's $5.50. Western Empire comes out of the same race. He's $6. Moonga brings a different form line. Was scratched in that wet track in the Chelmsford last week. He's $9.50. And you're getting double figure odds for Regal Power, Nonconformist, and She's Ideal. Uh, I'm Thunderstruck. Was he was just enormous first up in, in the Memsey Stakes. I don't think 1400 meter at 1400 meters at Caulfield is really his go, but he stormed home late, absolutely savaged the line. It took a, a great ride from Ethan Brown on Snap Dancer to deny I'm Thunderstruck a, a first up Group One victory. And the scary thing for his rivals is that he should only improve getting out to 1600 meters at Flemington. Uh, it's a track that does suit him. Barrier one well, is not ideal. I would have preferred him to draw a little bit out, but Mark Zara in the saddle, I think, will uh, uh, give him every possible chance. I think he's a deserving favourite. I think he is the horse to beat. The other horse I want to back, and for me, it's, this is the perfect two two bet race. Is Western Empire there at six dollars? Uh, I thought he was uh, better than it's a better run than it looks on paper from him in the. Uh, Memsey Stakes, and I think he'll really improve on that effort. We saw second up in the summer when he went from the Asian Bow Stakes to the Railway Stakes and was absolutely dominant, one by four lengths. It was one of the highest-rated Group 1 handicap wins of the entire year last year when Western Empire won that race, and I think he'll take really good benefit from that first up run in the Memsey and uh, be very right there in the mix here. So if I'm Thunderstruck doesn't bring his best, I think Western Empire is there to beat him. So for me... Happy to back both. I'm Thunderstruck and Western Empire to get the job done. Certainly no knock on Alligator Blood and Cascadian, two of my favourites. But Alligator Blood, I'm not convinced he's at his best at a mile. I still think he's he's won Australian Guineas over a mile, but I still think he's a better 1,400-metre horse. And Cascadian can run a little bit of a flat one second up. He's always very good first up, but if you look at his uh, second up record, only one win from eight race starts. So happy to take him on and back on Thunderstruck and Western Empire. Oh, Rain Man. You didn't uh, you didn't mention the clerk of the course. It was the only one you missed, Rain Man. She's ideals in the race moods. Oh, all right, sorry. Uh, I found this a very tough race, um, but I'm not going to go on. Uh, I ended up landing on Western. 
I ended up landing on Western Empire. As as Rayman pointed out, I don't think there's much between him and I'm Thunderstruck and Cascadian, who, of course, Mytho uh, told us a few weeks ago after lunch with the Godolphin crew, um, is flying. But the fact is that Western Empire, I think, at the price at six bucks, he's a Group 1 winner at the mile, albeit in that that WA Group 1 where no non-WA horses could get in and run against him. But it was a dominant victory in that railway. And, uh, and I ate my words after that one. I think he... He goes well second up, playing at his new home at Flemington. So I'm going to go Western Empire at six bucks. Thunder. 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 God, fuck. I'm, oh, I'm thunderstruck or pissing. That'll do for me. Uh, I think it's a very good race, but it's an ugly race and how this is going to be run, isn't it? We saw a Sydney Cup winner. Leading winner the mile in the weight for age race in Sydney last week, and what's going to happen here? Uh, on with the blood, alligator blood. We've had a jockey, jockey merry go round here. T Clark's down to ride him. I think he'll lead, rack them, and stack them. And even though he mightn't be a genuine miler, but I think he probably is. Horses don't win a guineas unless they run it. I just think he's the horse that's probably got the tactical speed and turn of foot. I'm not telling you he's the best horse in the race. I'm Thunderstruck was sensational. Cascadian was good. Regal Power, Western Empire, super non-conformist on a Cups trail. Mahunga ran second in this race last year to, uh, to uh, what was that horse that I trained? Incentivise. Uh, <laughs> and, and she's ideal on a Cups trail as well. But I just think tactically... Timmy Clark on Alligator Blood probably just controls the race and might get to outping them. Um, that's that's probably where I rest on the race. Uh, you know, the, it's going to be a tremendous form race for the carnival going forward. But I'm just looking on Saturday, it might be the Bloods Day, and Jerry might get to recoup some of that big amount of money that he outlaid to purchase this horse. I thought you were going to say the big amount of money is outlaid if he dies first. <laughs> and that <laughs> the valley roar is officially back and from just 175 dollars there has never been a better time to become a mooney valley racing club member the valley's rocking and the world is knocking experience a centenary of legendary at the 2022 ladbrokes cox plate australia's best race electric night racing and the return of the all-star mile to the valley get access to the best seats in the house in the members reserve and a free drink and race book at every race meeting amazing times await join today at thevalley.com.au here we have a mate dedication from cam to eddie over to you cam thanks champ this is my best mate eddie he backed the rough in our pot and it got up for the lads great stuff and don't forget to lab break it together this spring carnival with mates mode thank you T's and C's apply and available on website. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. All right, best bets time. Now, Rayman, you said at the start of this series that you wanted to keep a tally. And I don't think that's worked out well for you because you're zip from three. Um, and you're the only one who's zip from three. Um, so this is your first chance, your first step towards redemption. Please, your best, sir. Well, I'm going for one at a big price here, Rog. If this one gets home, this will put me straight to the top of the leaderboard. Race, Rose Hill, race six, number three, Brosnan. And it's funny, uh, Moods sort of stole my thunder earlier mentioning the Jay Jackins form. 
But I've gone a, a race earlier in the Ming Dynasty with the Jay Jackins form with Brosnan, who was third behind She's a Belter in the Group 1. $15 the win, $4.40 the place. Third in that Jay Jackins. Certainly wasn't disgraced uh, in the skyline. Won at Flemington and has trialled really nicely here ahead of its return to the races and has drawn beautifully in Barrier 4 with Brenton Abdullah in the saddle. So there's a lot of uh, hype around a few of these horses in this field, like Golden Mile and Conqueror. But as Mood said earlier, I want to follow that Jay Jackins form, especially at, at such a juicy price. So my best bet, Brosnan each way, $15 to win, four forty the place, race six at Rose Hill. I'm going to do what I normally do and head to Flemington. Uh, and I was waiting most of the day for the market for this one to go up. And it, 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 came, it went up just before we went to air. And I see, oh, I see the early price is just about gone. Uh, race six, number three, point in a pin. First up at 2,500, but ran second, beating a lip. First up at 2,400 last prep. So you know that he can go a trip first up. It was a prep where he really started to put it all together. And it culminated in that victory in the Andrew Ramsden. Nice progressive horse. I think this prep, he really makes his mark. Starting here with a win, delivering me a hat trick of best bet victories. Uh, and it's been 380 into 350 point in the pin. So hopefully you're listening to this early and just jump in. Well, we've got runners everywhere on uh, at Flemington there on Saturday. Uh, most of them trained by moods. Uh, three runners in the Poseidon. Uh, we've got, uh, obviously, um, La Dragon T in the Let's Elope and uh, Nana Guy in the Captain Tees. Uh, so it's a big day. Mitho, but... if I could just jump in here, would you, would you be more confident if this was midweek and you had three trained by moods? Or... Well, that's sort of what I'm leading to. So um, yeah. I'm going to Morfordville for the maiden at Morfordville race three. Um, Scanero, um, which is named after the Sconero Club, actually. Uh, had a lovely afternoon there when we got rained in one day. Um, and Scanero is a progressive horse by Tarzino that I really like a lot. Danny O'Brien, informed stable. Doesn't make a fuss about winning races. He just gets on with business. You know, he doesn't need his own podcast to blow his t- trumpet when he... It's a travel midweek Wednesday at Sandown. So oh, I'm going to stick with Sconero. Stubby holder up. Um, and I reckon we're betting about five bucks. So you can have a little dabble each way and get your, get your day going as Moods wants to get on with things, I reckon. He's just tapping out of the dark. I was just putting the B&H in the ashtray, actually. Uh, right Uh The little boutique stable, quite weekend for us. We've got four, four at Flemington this Saturday. Uh, we've got Brereton for the Vic Alliance team, which uh, our uh, Sookie mates are part of there. He runs very well in the first. I think he's drawn the right part of the track out there in 10. Takes on a couple of uh, more fancied uh, stable uh, uh, horses in similar ownership, I would say. But it's a good competitive race, this first race. But just remember, he's adapt down the straight. He won the Maribyrnong down there. Uh, blinkers on. Trumby Nolan in good form, comes out of gate 10. I think he'll give you a hell of a sight. We move over to race three, the Cap de Bantis. De Bantis. Well, who cares? Whatever you want. <laughs> um, we've got Nanagai, the 11. Drawn the right side of the track, I believe. Gate 17, L Nolan. Had a confidence winning maiden at Geelong. Uh, scratch from last week, drew wide there, but we're not ha- disappointed about drawing wide down the Flemington Strait. So she runs very well there, I believe, in a very open race, form from all parts of the globe. I think she can run extremely well. 
We move along to my old mate Lightsaber. He goes round in the Sofitel, race four, drawn gate 10. He got under my guard first up. He was a bit fat. This run will just tidy him, tighten him right up for the Rupert Clark in seven days' time. He'll run a lot cheekier, but probably still just one run away. And then we go all the way down to the last. Uh, a nice horse called He's Heaven. Uh, I thought he ran very well first up the other day, or off a of freshen up, I should say. Uh, he ran fourth in an unsuitable 1,200-metre race. He'll roll forward. He'll control the tempo in this race. And I think he'll take a hell of a lot of running down. But my best from my camp for the weekend, I'm going to go with Nanagai for the great man, uh, Anthony Mithen and uh, Rosemont Stud. I just think it's a nice race. I think it'll set up well for her. Drawn out wide, I think she, if she can just get that little bit of cover and be produced late, I think she'll give a great sight. What price Nanagai in the Cap de Banties? We've got $21 moods, so we've, we've both gone big prices for our best bets. Oh, you, oh well, that, 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 that is ridiculous overs. Uh, her form, the, the $21 is obviously rated on a Geelong maiden win. Go back to her three stakes performances at a previous preparation. Uh, I think she will give you a hell of a sight, drawn the right part of the track, uh, and I think she'll run extremely well. And uh, I'll save face with me old mate Mitho. All chips in, <laughs> but each way at $21. <laughs> and like J-Mac, like you're riding best of Bordeaux. He was probably the fastest two-year-old last year. We've been down this road with Nature Strip and many good horses. We let fast horses run fast. And best of Bordeaux, his only chance in the run to the rose Forget about all those owners and people wanting to tell you that we're going to develop this into that and that. He's the fastest horse in the race. Let the bastard run fast and give him a chance. Let broke it.